Hi, this is Andrew Bowser, the director of Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast. This is episode number 307, where tonight we are going to be reviewing 2023's It's a Wonderful Knife, currently streaming over on Shudder, so you can get your Christmas horror on. I am here, as always, with Todd and Steve. Gentlemen, how are we tonight? Hello. Well, well. Well, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were saying like, well, and you had something to announce, but like, you're just, well, you well, are well. well. <laughs> Me and Steve are both well. I will speak for Steve tonight. He's not allowed to talk. Oh, right. That's right. Um, <laughs> Football season is coming uh, cl- close to the gets, end of the well, season. I mean, we're almost to the playoffs for our Horse Squad mm. podcast fantasy. We have one week left. It's a fucking nail biter, dude. We have top three teams that are like clearly in the playoffs and they've already clinched it. Mm-hmm. We got one open spot and... <laughs> Joe, you're not going to make it, bud. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. My team really fell off. I think I've lost like four or five in a row, but um, I'll be back next year. I will say I wasn't very was active October, the whole month of October. I don't think I really checked my team. So that was kind of my downfall. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's been fun. We, you know, we have the little sub subgroup in the discord. We talk a lot of trash and it's just, I don't know. It's fun, man. Fantasy football yeah. is good. But uh, my weekend, man, how was your weekend, Joe? good my weekend yeah no i worked i mean i worked all weekend i've been working a ton of overtime trying to get that christmas money you know what i mean get so yeah i didn't do much but i will say this weekend coming up for anyone in the salem massachusetts area uh sam aka halloween happy is going to be doing a dark arts market it's called grave tidings over at old town hall so she will be vending for it there so if you're in the area come down say hi say happy birthday because sam's birthday actually is this weekend as well so yeah should be a good time hey, are you the muscle for the table yes so yeah i'll be helping her unload load and then just helping her anyway i can all weekend so this is her second market she did she did the night market with uh black veil in october which we had a lot of fun at so this one this one's called grave tidings so i'm excited i'm excited to see what the other vendors have in store too and whatnot so i know sam's hard at work as we speak trying to get everything together for it i'm so jealous man so i also helped uh my wife doing a craft fair this past saturday and it probably had nothing as cool as what you're gonna see you know it's all like knitted shit and like uh you know a little bit of woodwork and a lot of um cricket stuff like on cups and on napkins and on all sorts of shit so yeah Cr- cricket the sport or crickets the bug uh crickets like um like a design tool that a lot of people use to make like custom stuff so yeah it was uh but we did good so i'm happy for her at least and yeah i'm jealous man like <laughs> you know, i was just sitting there like I toured the craft fair like twice and it's just, ugh, there's nothing, there's nothing for me here. There needs to be a hell. I need to live in a Halloween town like Jonas. Well, keep an eye on the discord. I'll take pictures when we're there and stuff like that. So you can see if there's anything cool, hit me up. I'll get, I can uh, grab it for you. I'm assuming it's going to be a lot of, you know, spooky Christmas themed, which should be fun. Maybe some Krampus and stuff like that. So yeah, should be a good time. I'll, I'll update you next week. Steve. 
I know Movie Club got delayed, I think, a mm-hmm. week, right? So it's coming up this week now? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I had to move Movie Club because we were, like, crunching for that stupid uh, craft fair. So I moved it by a week. So it come, it's going to be this Friday, the episode, the day this episode releases. And we're going to be watching Shingles, the movie. So Shingles, the movie, is from the same person who made Carousel. So kind of looking, it's kind of got that low budget, but crazy energy to it so i thought it would be a fun movie to do over on the movie club and speaking of which we're also going to do carousel 3 i think for the final movie club in december so we're going to have a double dose of steve Rudin- Rudkin- Rudkinski or something like that i think that's how he says his name so good times now when you say final movie club just for the year right for the year you're not yeah, closing yeah, for, no 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 down. All right. just for the year yeah. <laughs> all right just making sure right all right so uh how about uh we spill a little tea Oh, you want the tea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't serve tea. Nope. Instead, you get a cup of Joe. And now here's Joe with the news. All righty. Thank you so much, Chuck. And here we go. This is your cup of Joe for the week. Let's start off with exciting news. I think after our review of Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago, and that is Eli Roth has officially announced Thanksgiving 2 will be coming Um, I know we kind of talked about whether it was actually going to happen due to box office sales from week one, but man, week two came through like Thanksgiving week, like they killed it in the box office um, as it crossed over $30 million. I think now at this point, it's probably getting closer to $40 million. So it's definitely made its budget back and then some. So Thanksgiving two will be coming to theaters worldwide. You'll have to wait a year. It'll be coming in 2025. Eli Roth went on to say, we're going to take a year off so we can really write up a great script. We want to outdo ourselves, make it better than the first one. So yeah, there you go. Thanksgiving too, coming soon. I'm sure uh, we're all excited, right? I am. He needs to up the horror because uh, I think that's, I watched the trailer after watching uh, the movie and I was just like, God damn, there's, it could be so much better. Not that I didn't like Thanksgiving, but um, hopefully he doesn't play to the theatrical audience and he plays a little bit more to the kind of hardcore horror audience. But I have a feeling that won't be the case. Yeah, 36 million so far. So that's pretty good for a little little slasher. And I still think there's a second killer, man. So with part two, you got to you got to go bigger, you know, more kills like Steve was mentioning. Let's go. Let's go Halloween kills route, man. And just go fucking wild with the kills and cut some of the characters back so we don't have to listen to them all talk but yeah there's a, there's two killers in this movie i'm calling it well how do you guys feel about waiting a year do you think that's the right move yeah i, I think it's like way too quick to put out a movie uh for thanksgiving 2024 I, i'd prefer that they take the year and really kind of map it out and make something special you know we've seen too many of these franchises try to pump out movies too quickly and it very rarely turns out to be all that great so no i think that's definitely a wise move yeah, for sure. It only works with Saw, or at least it used to. <laughs> right. Agreed. Agreed. I think the taking the year will be good, but I just I'm hope. I'm more excited it's... for him coming to cons, man. Like if I was con goers. I was just gonna say that he's just got announced for a couple cons: uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend and also ha- ha- Horror Hound. And I'm sure he'll be doing more. Uh, so Todd, I gotta ask: We're both gonna have opportunities to meet him now. What are you gonna get signed? Ooh. Well, I, I did have Jordan Ladd sign a Cabin Fever 11 by 17 a few years ago. So I think I'll have him re-sign that or add his signature to that. But 
man, I love Hostel, so I might start something with that too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just excited to meet him. I did meet him briefly in 2005. He was a guest, and I just you know recognized him. Hey, Eli, and took a picture with him. But I'm excited, man. I'm glad he's getting out there. What about you? Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I don't I don't think he's ever done cons before, and if he did, maybe in his early early career. I'm surprised he's never done one, and I never, I'm surprised he never did Rock and Shock back in the day since he's from the area. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I do. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna add him to my poster project, like my big big poster that I'm doing. But I think I want to add him to something else as well. I'm leaning cabin cabin fever, but it would be kind of cool to like start a Thanksgiving project too, because I really did like that. So that could be really fun too. And I feel like a lot of the actors will probably do cons this year, maybe. So we'll see. All right. So yeah. Go see Eli Roth this summer at cons near you and Thanksgiving too, coming out 2025. All right. An update uh, from just a couple weeks ago. I had talked about, I could confirm that Beetlejuice 2 was filming again as it was filming in my area. Well, it is now done as Tim Burton has announced that filming on Beetlejuice 2 has officially wrapped. He did it by posting on Instagram with a cool photo of him in the Netherworld waiting room. So for those of you on Instagram who checked that photo out, it's really cool. They really did look like they did a great job recreating that waiting room. Beetlejuice 2 slated to premiere September 6th, 2024. Will there be delays due to, of course, the strike? It's possible, but as of right now, September 6th next year, Beetlejuice 2 is coming next bit of news here well actually staying on the Beetlejuice 2 train Willem Dafoe revealed who his character in Beetlejuice 2 is going to be he revealed he will be playing a dead b-movie action star in the movie so that sounds fun and and really cool so uh, I'll keep you on that ladies and gentlemen the five nights at Freddy's train will not die I don't. I'm, I think Steve might talk about a spoof movie that he may have watched on during while watch tonight as well. But Five Nights at Freddy has officially become the highest-grossing Blumhouse movie of all time, That's ladies crazy, and gentlemen. Dude. Yes. So it is at an incredible two hundred eighty-three point one million dollars worldwide and one hundred thirty-six point two million dollars domestically. It has broken the previous record holder. Of, would you guys like to take a wild guess? Halloween 2018? Incorrect. Halloween Kills? Incorrect. It actually breaks Blumhouse's record of M. Night Shyamalan's Split, which Mm -hmm. made $278.4 million worldwide. Five Nights at Freddy on a $20 million budget, ladies and gentlemen, at now at $283 million worldwide. We're probably going to get a a whole franchise out of this, obviously, now. I mean, sequel after sequel after sequel. I still haven't even seen the movie yet, because just because everyone keeps telling me it's not very good. So I'm like, "Uh." but I mean, can they can they improve? I know you both have seen it. I mean, here's the here's the bad news, man, is that, you know, congratulations to the filmmakers for making a hit. But. For horror, this is bad because now all the studios would be like, Peach 13 horror, it's back in. We got to shell these motherfucking films out. And that's all they're going to do for the next couple of years is PG 13 horror. And then it's going to, it's going to suck. It's going to destroy the market, in my opinion. Yeah. And speaking to that spoof movie I watched, it's not actually my what watch this week because I watched a ton and I didn't think this one was enough to talk about. But I will say I did watch a movie called Freddy's Fridays over on Tubi. 
and I saw it, I'm like, well, this is obviously just capitalizing on uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. I have to watch it to see what's up. And sure enough, I actually liked Freddy's Fridays more than I did Five Nights at Freddy's. It's like a gorier version, uh, basically, of these creatures coming to life and killing some people. So yeah, I, I mean, it's not good. I'm not telling you it's good. <laughs> I'm just telling you it's better, in my opinion. So if anyone wants to see kind of a more adult version of uh, Five Nights at Freddy's with a way smaller budget, Freddy's Fridays over on Tubi is the way to go. You gave it a two and a half there, sport. I know. The, the would, kills would were actually... Freddy, would you, would, would you give... I gave it two? Yeah. Slightly better. That poster looks like a Goosebumps thing, though. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I watched the... After Steve posted the poster on our Discord, I did go and watch the trailer. I was like, yeah, this doesn't look that bad. <laughs> I was like, it kind of looks like it could be fun. So I, I like the creature designs. I thought they were kind of... They were pretty cool looking. So. And they, they actually look like what they do on the poster, which is rare for fucking 2B. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I... I, I, you know, like I said, check it out if you want to. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's better. All right. <laughs> Next bit of news here, an update on Robert Eggers' Nosferatu. This is one I am highly anticipated. We are, we got a release date finally. So you can go check out Nosferatu Christmas Day next year, December 25th, 2024. The movie, of course, is going to star Willem Dafoe, Bill Skarsgård, Nicholas Holt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ralph Ineson, and Lily Rose Depp. Uh, stellar cast there. And if anyone could do Nosferatu justice, I think it's definitely going to be Robert Eggers. He just has that whole vibe for it. So very excited for that. And Steve actually reminded me that will be a double feature day as Jordan Peele's new horror movie also will be premiering on Christmas Day. Whether that gets pushed or not, I just feel like putting two horror movies out on Christmas Day is a, is a choice. So. We shall see, but both obviously very prolific directors in the horror genre. So I see a lot of horror fans doing double features that day or that weekend. So I know I definitely plan on seeing both. And I mean, maybe even do a double feature for the podcast. Uh, you know, a double whoa, 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 whoa. stop it right there. Let's <laughs> not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, two very, very big releases at the end of December. I mean, two potentially, honestly, top 10 movies there so definitely something i think we're gonna have to check out before that, uh, that's this year our 2024 okay it's next like, year i don't even know what peel's movie is <laughs> no and completely under wraps nothing's even been i mean i think steve was talking about this too he said that robert eggers nosferatu already done filming and everything jordan peels we don't i don't even think it started filming yet and we don't know what the plot is so he did the same thing with Nope, though. Like, I feel like that was kept under wraps for quite a long time. He did put out that teaser poster where you just saw the flags coming down. And that, you know, I, I'm sure I'd love to go back and hear our theories when that poster dropped and what we thought it was going to be and what it ended up being. You might uh, release it Christmas Day and uh, put it like a year before release and another teaser poster. I, yeah. I could see Peel doing that. For sure, for sure. So we'll keep you guys, of course, up to date here. On your cup of joe. <laughs> the next bit of news here. A couple more stories to get through here. The Black Phone 2. We knew it was coming, right? We knew it was going to happen. And it has officially been announced. Now, the most interesting thing I would say about this announcement is, well, so first, all, first off, the movie is going to be coming June 27th, 2025. So basically a full two years before we do get the movie. The most interesting part of this, though, is that the entire original cast 
is going to be coming back, including the grabber himself, Ethan Hawk. So that makes me believe we are going to get a prequel of some sort or something with flashbacks of Ethan Hawk. But I think you have to do a prequel, right? Because like, what, how does this story go forward? Like, you know, like it's got to be a, a, a prequel or origin story, right? This sounds like Saw regretting killing John Kramer <laughs> and Insidious regretting killing Elise. <laughs> you know, they're going to try to do creative ways to keep him involved for the next two or three, four, maybe 10 movies. Uh, so yeah, who knows what they decide. It could be flashbacks. It could be a prequel. It could happen simultaneously as the events of the Black Phone. Who the fuck knows? Like, they're gonna, I like that they're idea. Gonna simultaneous film. Mm-hmm. Like Back to the Future 2. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, one and done. I thought it was a cool one and done film. I mean, we don't need another one, but it did so well, you know? Agreed. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know it did so well, which is why we're getting the sequel, but I just don't know where you go from here. Like, okay, yeah, okay, you could do one more movie with a prequel, but after that, like, what the fuck do you do? Like, yeah, I mean, it just, I guess, like, you focus on, like, the ghosts and stuff like that, but, like, they're there because of, just because of the grabber. Like, you know, like, they're not going to help other kids. I don't know. It just doesn't make much sense to me. I, I think I agree. I think it should have been a one and done, but I think because of Ethan Hawke's performance, uh, I could see why they're bringing him back. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think they could have went darker. I think that was uh, one of our criticisms in the last movie I, that they could have probably went uh, darker with the movie, although it is PG 13 horror and I'm sure they won't again, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious anyway to see. So a couple years, 2025 black phone too. but the kids are coming back too. They're slated for it. Yeah, so they that, are. that's that sucks because I remember it chapter two. They de-aged him and it looked fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, so like, true. Because right, and if you're gonna do a prequel, they're supposed to look younger, I guess. Or yeah, you know, or if you do simultaneous, age. like Steve's idea, you still need to look like you're what are they twelve? I don't know. So twenty twenty five, they're gonna be like fifteen, seventeen. Yeah, and that's it's like, like the worst time too, to... right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Like fucking Mike is like 25 now (laughs) (laughs) in Stranger Things. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. That sucks. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, man, Stranger Things, like the final season, they're all going to look so fucking old. They're all fucking have kids. They have like beer bellies and shit and jobs. (laughs) That would be kind of cool, though, right? If they did in the final season of Stranger Things, they kind of did like an it thing where like they they're like them growing up and then like them young, like trying to kind of steal the it idea that could be kind of interesting yeah i mean the way they ended it though like the town being destroyed right yeah swallowed or something so it destroyed like a couple buildings fell down but the most like powerful being like of all time was supposed to like absolutely <laughs> level the place and it's yeah. like oh yeah everybody's fine only like two people right, right. Only, the, only the, <laughs> the town bully slash varsity star got cut in half by the right the thing we're good right. <laughs> Uh, okay, just two, uh, a couple more stories to get through. Uh, Chucky Season 3 Part 2 is coming, ladies and gentlemen. So the season Part 1 just ended back in, I believe it was October, Halloween episode. I thought, honestly, it was already filmed and coming, but due to the actor strike, it was never filmed. So it is going to be a bit of a wait for Part 2 of Chucky. This season has been not great but i feel like they're heading into a better direction with 
Chucky aging in his Chucky body, which sounds it could make for some really great television and that comical television. That still looks so funny though. <laughs> right, him. that's what I'm saying. It's it's so it looks funny. hilarious. Like the pictures of him like aged. <laughs> yeah. It looks fucking awesome. Benjamin so Button, dude. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I am excited for that. So for you Chucky fans of the TV series, season three, part two has resumed production. It will probably be coming early next year, I would guess. And the final bit of news for tonight is an update on something we really haven't talked about at all. And that is uh, Fede Alvarez's alien movie that will be coming out. So a little update on that. The movie is slated to release August 16th of 2024. And what we found out today is that the movie is going to slot in between alien and aliens. So it will be right in the slap dab in the middle of those two iconic movies. So I'm excited. What do you guys think? Good, cool choice. I think it's a cool choice, right? Put them between oh, yeah. the two best Perf- movies. Perfect director. And if you're not going to do Neil Blomkamp, definitely do him. And yeah, the time frame for this film, it's like that sweet spot with Alien and Aliens. Hell yeah. Like I'm 100% in. Yeah, I agree. I can't wait to see what he does with it. It should be pretty exciting. Hell yes. I am super excited. Like, Todd said perfect director um to do something like this. So I'm super excited. Next year, August 16, 2024. Horror's looking maybe up for next year. We'll see. Hopefully, good directors doing horror sequels and stuff like that finally. Yeah. I, I was actually gonna say, so I actually read an article this week that gave all the major releases for 2024. And I thought since you talked so many 2024 horror films, how about I just read out these are the these are the big films. So these aren't these don't include like the indie stuff and all that stuff. These are like the theatrical releases coming out twenty twenty four for horror. So and they're not in order for whatever reason. But uh, so we have a Quiet Place Day One on March eighth, twenty twenty four. We have Beetlejuice two, which you mentioned September sixth. Then we go to Ghostbusters Afterlife two, which is now Frozen Kingdom or Frozen Empire, I think, which is March 29th. We got Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire. April 12th, which just dropped a trailer uh, fairly recently. Then we go to Night Swim, which is the first big release on January 5th. Uh, Nosferatu, like you mentioned, Christmas. And then you have Speak No Evil on August 9th. Uh, Speak No Evil is the American remake of a movie both Joe and I put on our top 10 last year. Uh, It was a Danish film, I think it was, was, and it was terrifying, so... Recommend you check out that version because I don't know if the American version will be any good. We have Twisters, July 19th. Pretty excited about that. We have Trap. That's the new M. Night Shyamalan film on August 2nd. And like you said, we also have the untitled Jordan Peele film on Christmas. We have also an untitled Monkey Paw Productions horror thriller on September 27th. We have the movie from Fede Alvarez, the alien movie, August 16th. And not quite horror, but maybe a little bit. Uh, Wicked Part 1 on November 27th. I don't know if they'll go the horror route with that. It's probably more mainstream, but there you have it. And Terrifier 3, of course, October like 27th that's or 29th right. or something. It's not on the list, but we all know that's coming. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, some cool, definitely some interesting titles there. Ones I'm very excited for. You guys have any? I mean, I go. Well, we'll wait. We'll wait for our 2020 f- end of year mm-hmm. to do predictions for next year. So, but yeah, very exciting. But yeah, I guess that's it for horror news this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. How about we do some what watched? What have you guys been watching? Sure. I finally am catching up with what we do in the shadows. So I finished season four, which it was good. 
it was good. And it started getting back to to where it was. I don't think everything anything's ever going to compete with season one, which was amazing. And I love the film as well. And I started season five, and it's funny. I think you mentioned it, Steve, where it's like them just, you know, in the house hanging out, and that's exactly what this needs because their chemistry within the characters is just so perfect. And when they got a little bit too big, it kind of like lost that charm because they were separated, and you couldn't get like their interactions of what makes the show. And since they're so spread out and you had characters doing their own adventures, you're like, blah, blah, blah. But now that they're all back in the house and chilling and hanging out, it's really funny. So I'm down for that. And one of the episodes I watched the season five, it's like, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> Where Colin Robinson is like merged with Nadja and he ends up getting banged. <laughs> He's like, can you feel that Colin Robinson? It was, it was so fucking random. It's hilarious. Loving it. Can't wait to see what happens in the rest of season, uh, season, is it? No, season five, yeah. Five, yeah. So five is so much better. It's like, it's the closest you'll, we'll probably get to season one and two. So it's, I'm so happy they listened and went back to their basics. 100% agree. This season was fan. This newest season was fantastic. It was really returned to form in so many ways. So yeah, I'm excited to see where they go next. Uh, all right, my first one, 2022 release. Apparently, Steve watched this. I don't know if we talked about it a while back, but it is a movie called Who Invited Them? I was just looking for something to watch, and Steve doesn't look like he remembers it based on his face, I see. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just looking for something to watch, and Sam found this like on just searching on VOD. This one is about a couple who just bought a new house. They're having a party sort of a housewarming style party. All the guests sort of leave. They're getting ready to clean up for the night and two randos come out of the bathroom, presumably banging or doing something in there. And they're like, uh, who the fuck are you guys? And they're like, oh, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're like blah, blah, blah or whatever. And they're like, no, really, who the fuck? Like who invited you to this party? And they're, they end up revealing that they are the neighbors next door and they just kind of crash the party from there they're like oh you know well yeah thanks uh, uh, well i'm sorry this was like we made this so awkward why don't you guys stay for a drink blah 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 things tend to progress from there they you know the more they stay over they weirder they become sort of weirder and weirder as things go uh very uncomfortable situations start to progress and whatnot and it all leads to the finale which i won't spoil anything but sort of think i guess similar to the invitation in some ways although i do think the invitation did it better overall you know i didn't think it was that bad I, I see Steve gave it two out of five on his letterbox. I enjoyed it more than that. I will say, I, I definitely think it's worth like a one-time watch. It's nothing like amazing, nothing you need to jump out and go see, but I didn't hate it. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I do think they introduced a lot of interesting things that never ended up going anywhere. That would be my biggest complaint, but I do think the twist was super obvious too. I saw it coming like a mile away. I called it like way before it happened. But yeah, overall, you know, it's a, sh a nice crisp like 80 minutes. I think it does a good job creating those like uncomfortable situations that made me be like, oh shit, what's going to happen next? And it goes, you know, and it goes to some like pretty cool places, especially towards the end. So yeah, I give it a three out of five. I, I a Decent watch. I think I watched it the same week as Speak No Evil, which is also about two couples who are in uncomfortable situations. And yeah, that's a tough, 
yeah, uh, yeah. comparison. Speedo is so fucking good in this one. I don't know. I guess it was just felt potential to me. So my first one this week is a 2023 film that I watched over on Tubi, and it's called Murder Size. So this is the story of a production company and they're making an exercise uh, video at their studio. They have a tight deadline, so they got to get through it. But a, a bunch of stuff keeps happening that keeps stopping production. And all of a sudden, a killer is on the loose and starts killing the uh, the talent inside of the um, the studio. You do know who's doing the killing. It's, it's revealed pretty quickly that it is someone like that's part of the group. And then it's kind of like how they deal with all that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I had no expectation of this being any good, to be honest with you. The first like 30 minutes reminded me of the new stuff that Full Moon is doing. It's like a lot of over-sexualization of women. It's got uh, like pretty cheap kills and nothing really special. But I don't know what the fuck happened. But in the second half of this film, it just turns around and becomes a pretty awesome film. And I was kind of taken back by it like wow the kills are starting to get a lot better the you know the practical effects are pretty good uh, and if you're in it for uh tits there's you get quite a bit of those in fact there's an entire scene that goes on for far too long where a girl wants to show a guy her breasts and he doesn't want to look because he thinks he's going to lose his job and she just like constantly is at him like come on look at him touch him come on and she's like flaunting him it's like a good 8 minute scene <laughs> where that's all she's doing is trying to get this dude to look at her tits it's it's a really weird movie but it was a lot better than it had any right being in my opinion i gave it 3 out of 5 stars which for a movie like this i think is pretty high so if you like kind of you know it's got like a little bit of old school full moon a little bit of trauma like that kind of stuff uh you'll be into this so murder size over on tubi all righty my last one is 2023's when evil lurks over on shutter uh film from argentina that joe and steve have both talked about it talks about our brothers pedro and jimmy who are you know just a couple dudes hanging out and uh they learn that over at this lady's house there's a demon that's like gonna be born so we go over to that house and the gentleman that's infected or possessed or whatever, the demons like inflate them like morbidly obese and they're like leaking fluids and it's really gross and things like that. Turns out like you can't just kill it. You got to do like a special thing. So they call what they call a cleaner. I think it was like an exorcist essentially and to come cleanse him or whatever. But he gets uh, ripped apart in the woods. So now they're like, dude, what the fuck do we do? Blah, blah, blah. So the brothers decide to take infected body and dump him like hours and hours away but it goes wrong and it ends up infecting like everything that they come in contact with and i guess the demon or possession whatever jumps from like host to host or whatever and causes them to kill themselves and each other i don't know if i got that right but um overall i thought it was really cool but there was something off with it that it stopped me from absolutely loving it but i really liked it right the gore is really cool and then there's some scenes that like hit out of nowhere that are like 100% like oh my god like what the fuck is happening like a lady for example starts killing herself out of nowhere there's some child violence that it's it's fucking nuts what happens and for those scenes alone and they're willing to take a risk and go there hats off to you right i think i was in the wrong mindset for this film though because you know it is subtitles you have to pay attention i think i was doing work emails and stuff in between so i kind of lost some of the story so i definitely want to recheck it out but for right now, it's a three and a half out of five over on Shutter, and that's when evil lurks. Yeah, that's one I keep thinking about, and I think it's 
definitely going to make my top 10. Like the more and more I think about it. I, I also had it slated at a three and a half out of five, but I think it probably deserves better than that. Like the more I like kind of get away from it and think of like all the other movies I've watched this year. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's one that stick keeps sticking with me in my head. So that's definitely one I recommend anyone check out before year's end. My last one tonight, a little true crime for you guys. I haven't really talked true crime movies in a while. And I haven't watched much horror, so you're just going to listen to my true crime spiel. All right, uh, Netflix just came out number one, I think, for TV series or movies currently. That's the reason I decided to put it on. And it's called Bad Surgeon, Love Under the Knife. Uh, This is a wild story. Uh, This, you know, the truth is always stranger than fiction when you watch these documentaries, you come to learn. Uh, But this one is about a surgeon named Paolo Maccarini. And essentially he, what we thought or what the the world thought, I mean, they're showing like, you know, stories from like Dateline and all these major news organizations reporting on him, basically like creating this plastic windpipe that he was able to put stem cells on and he was able to get it to like grow inside. And this plastic windpipe was saving people's lives or so we thought. Um, what we come to learn is it was a complete fucking scam. He was testing on humans before he even tested on animals. Basically, all the patients he ended up putting these things in ended up dying. And it gets crazier from there. Uh, you come to find out, you know, he was living a double life. He was married to, he well, he, was, uh, pr- he proposed to a woman in America. Well, he was also married to a woman in Barcelona, Spain. He had a wife and two kids there. Kept this lie going for, for years. Essentially, you know, he was telling people he worked for the CIA and he was really a secret sniper. You know, the Pope was going to marry him and this this new woman he met. The Obamas, the Clintons and Putin were all on the wedding list and stuff. I mean, the fucking story is gets crazy and crazy. But at the end of the day, it's just it's sad because like all of these poor people and they do focus a lot on these poor people who he basically promised a lot of them like were dying. Like, you know, a lot of them had throat cancer or uh, there was even this one young girl who was two or three years old that had this, you know, rare disease. And they were basically promised, like, essentially, like, a, a chance at a second life. And, you know, they weren't, you know, like, he completely deceived all these people. And then there were even people that just had cosmetic stuff wrong. Like, there was one lady who had a trach. She could have lived her whole life. But, you know, he promised her he could put this thing in. this, And, you know, no, I mean, she died, like, weeks later. Uh, because he was, you know, essentially a, a complete con man. And I won't, you know, if you're interested in seeing, I won't say what ends up happening to him, but it probably wasn't enough. So yeah, that is Bad Surgeon Love Under the Knife, three-part series over on Netflix. Sounds like Saw X, man. John Kramer needs to <laughs> pay him a visit. Right. I mean, there's the most one of the most fucked up scenes is there was like another documentary crew following him. Because obviously, like, people thought, like, I don't know how he completely deceived, like, the medical field either. Like, you would think, like, some sort of other surgeon would be like, you can't fucking do that or something like that, you know? But uh, there was one scene in particular where they're getting ready to do the surgery and, like, one of his assistants is like, ah, this is, like, three millimeters too small for this person's throat. And he's like, no, it's fine. Just put it in anyway, you know? And then, like, fucking the lady, like, can barely breathe, like, post-op, you know? So, I mean, it's just terrible, terrible shit. But it's a wild story. Um, it was, yeah. So if you're into like sort of true crime, medical stuff, I definitely recommend it. And we'll definitely be checking that out. 
So the final film this week is a movie I watched over on Paramount Plus. It is a 2023 film by the name of You're Killing Me. So this is the story of a girl. She's about to graduate high school. She wants to get into a very specific college and she has the grades for it and everything, but she doesn't have the kind of political slash family ties to get her into that college. So she's put on a waiting list. So she decides to petition uh, I think he's a congressman or something. Her His son is also going to the same school. So she's kind of asking that guy, hey, can I plead my case to your dad to help me get into the school? A recommendation letter would go a long way, all that kind of stuff. He refuses to do it. I'm sure he gets this all the time. So she goes to a party that he's hosting to, for the end of school. It's like a costume party uh, of devil slash angel. And she goes there with the idea of, you know, try to petition him again just to like please i need this for my college and everything and she brings her friend along her friend gets absolutely wasted but she hasn't successfully kind of gotten the guy to do it yet so she brings her drunk friend upstairs to a bedroom lies her down and then there's this other drunk guy who happened to be in the bathroom of that room while that was happening he goes over to her and starts like taking pictures of her while she's passed out but thankfully the other girl comes back into the room and like catches at him before he gets too like too crazy with it and he drops his phone and he kind of bolts out of the room she looks at the phone sees that he was taking pictures she's disgusted but as she's going through the pictures she notices a video of a missing girl from that town that they had kidnapped and started doing stuff to and she bolts the door and tries to figure out what to do with this information the phone's about to die and that's kind of the gist of the story is that that guy uh, who's friends with the guy who owns the house, they're trying to get the phone back, but they can't because the door is barricaded. And it's basically them trying to get the phone and the people with the phone trying to somehow get that information out, to, you know, to kind of alert authorities. Eventually, the congressman comes home and his wife is actually, I think it's the last role that Anne Heche ever played. And they get involved and it becomes kind of this whole thing. I was interested in, to see where this movie would go. You know, at first it looked like it would be something pretty sick and it's like well shot, well filmed, all that stuff. But there's not a whole lot that happens in this story. I was so bored. They spend way too long in the like in them in the bedroom and then people trying to get in through the one door that they can get through. Like it would be so easy for the guy to get in there if you really, really wanted to. So I don't really understand why it took so much time like they try to explain it with you know he they put like a, a a thing in front of the door so they can't get through but there's no way like if you really want to get in i'm sure you could and it just doesn't go in a good place after that i actually thought it was poorly acted as well i mean you know god rest her soul uh, and hey is just not good in this i know she had some issues late in her life you know with drugs and everything and uh she didn't seem to be in a good place when she filmed this and it shows in her performance. It was just the movie just felt off to me and I, I can't say that I enjoyed it. I gave it one and a half stars out of five. It's, um, yeah, I, I don't recommend this one at all. Oof. Ouch. <laughs> Thanks. All righty. Should we get into trivia then, gentlemen? I suppose we should. Joe and Steve... Steve is in the lead with 18, Joe 16, myself 11 for the year. However, we're getting down to the freaking wire. It is Joe in the lead with 74, Steve 72, myself 71. Let's fucking go, bros. Who's leading off? I can start off. All right. 
So all my questions this week are going to be guess the movie based off the IMDb parental guide because yes. I wasn't feeling very <laughs> adventurous today, so I'm just doing those. So the first one, sex and nudity. Ah, yes. At the beginning of the movie, an older woman has her nipples poking through her shirt. <laughs> okay. Violence and gore. An injured man begs for help. He twitches, his skin begins to bubble and swell, and spider-like creatures burst out of his face. Blood and tissue spurts. All right. You look like you want to take a guess there, Todd. No, Too early? no, no, no. I'm good. All right. Profanity. 14 F-words and its derivatives, one sexual reference, 29 scatological terms, 12 12 anatomical terms, 14 mild obscenities, name-calling, stupid, hicks, lunacy, crazy, 6 religious profanities, and 30 religious exclamations, and a man calls his chainsaw a cocksucker. A woman is called a whore several times. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. A woman commits suicide by taking an overdose pills. A man smokes a cigarette. A few people drink beer. Oh my gosh. Finally, frightening and intense scenes. These alien bugs sting people and they get blisters all over and they swell up. Wrong. Multiple suicides are distressing. Shoot. Leather? Wrong. You guys got one more guess? Um... That last one is the giveaway. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna it... say, can you can you repeat the last one? Yeah, these alien bugs sting people, and they get blisters all over, and they swell up. Multiple suicides are distressing. Is it the mist? That's correct. Ah, the yeah. suicides was the key for the alien bugs. <laughs> I'm actually reading that one right now. Uh, yeah, short story. All right, I'll go since I got that. No, one. no. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What happened to the people that were caught outside when the comet passes in Night of the Comet, 1984? They, uh, they, they melt. Don't they start glowing and then, like, yeah, melt. <laughs> no. Fine. You guys are close, so but I'm not going to allow it since it's such no, a it's, it's close. tight race. <laughs> yeah. um, what was, it's been so long. I didn't even like it. I gave it two out of five. You didn't I like noticed. It? Oh, no, man. I liked it a lot. I haven't seen it in forever. I don't well, remember. They are turned to dust. Hmm. Gotcha. Similar to melting, but not quite. Yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> it's not. Okay. I have a little theme tonight, but I'm not going to say what it is. Christmas. Let's do it. I'm not giving you guys any ideas. <laughs> but Steve might be correct. Uh, all right. Tagline. Uh oh! If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too Black tight. Christmas, correct? Mm. Yay! That may or may not be in Todd's epic trivia book coming nice. out the year twenty thirty three. Love it! All right, still on the parental guide. Oh, yeah. Sex and nudity. Mm. A few scenes of naked old men. While these <laughs> scenes are generally dark lit, <laughs> genitals and buttocks are clearly oh. visible. Like it. Violence and gore. We see a field full of bloody reindeer carcasses. Oh. Oh, rare exports. Correct. I was thinking hereditary at the beginning. Mm. Yeah, it could have been. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the naked, yeah. 
older people. That's true. Yeah. I, when you were saying that, Steve, I was wondering, like, what is the parental guide for American Psycho? Like, oh god, it's got to be. It's got to <laughs> right? be pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. All right, my turn. Uh, yep. Yes. Okay. What college are the five kids from The Evil Dead, nineteen eighty one, from? It's a great question. Uh, Michigan Ooh. State. Correct. That yeah. is a total fucking guess. I just <laughs> figured it was probably in Michigan. I read the book, so that's an excellent book, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All righty. Finish angry video nope. game nerd book. No, I- I'm saving it for my next trip. So for two years, damn, you read. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I I'd like some Todd Condit's coming out this year. It just <laughs> you know I had to put all my other shit away. And read that one instead. And then, of course, our, our good friend, Eric, also had a story in a book yeah. this year. So, yeah. I had to put away the nerd until I was done. Hang those. up the nerd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Three letterbox reviews. Guess the movie. Okay. Number one, Patrick Bateman's origin story. <sighs> Number two, this is just what all, all 12-year-olds are like. And number three, Studio Pitch, Funny Games meets Home Alone meets Good Boys. Definitely more naughty than nice. Better watch out. Correct. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that might be. Fucking creep. That's that's one I kind of wish I picked now. That's a good one <laughs> for this year. Yeah. Ne- ne- next year. Next yeah. Year. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's a fucking nightmare that movie. <laughs> My final one, still with the parental guide. A woman who isn't wearing panties under her skirt spreads her legs and briefly flashes her vulva. Pubic oh. hair and labia all are visible. Basic okay. instinct. I know. I was going to say, <laughs> say basic instinct. <laughs> bonus vagina, nudity. Vagina shown. Got it. A bonus nudity because there was one missing. I don't remember which one. You <laughs> see a man's flaccid penis and testicles repeatedly. Oh. Violence and gore. A dead man is briefly shown with half his face bashed in. Candyland. Correct. And mm-hmm. on fire today. Come back, baby. You want your title back. <laughs> Good movie. All right. What is the name of Will Smith's dog in I Am Legend 2007? Oh, Christ. I feel like we've had this one before. Uh, Sheriff? Sheriff? No, incorrect. I just looked at an article because they're doing two. Yeah. I think that dog's gonna make a reappearance. No, I know. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? Sad, if the fucking sadly. guy from Black Phone can come back, the goddamn dog from <laughs> I Am Legend can come back. I, I know I choked you out, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I haven't seen I Am Legend in forever. Yeah, Bryson's theaters, honestly. I don't know. I was gonna guess Beauty, but that sells have eyes. There you go, a lady. Okay, incorrect everyone. This is really close to Joe. The character's name is Sam. Oh, oh. yeah. Sam. All right. Yeah. Well then. <laughs> they're making a part two, right? Yeah, that's yeah, they're I read an article with Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. and Will Smith. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Guess the movie based on IMDB information. Okay. This movie was released in 2015. Rated PG thirteen. Clocking in at one hour and 38 minutes. We have a cast of Allison Tolman, MJ Anthony, Stephanie Levy Owen, 
and Krista Stadler. Writers, Todd Casey and question mark for now. That might be a giveaway. <laughs> dead giveaway. Tagline is you don't want to be on his list. Krampus? Correct. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, God damn. And the, of course, writer I left out was Michael, Michael Doherty. Doherty. Yeah. <laughs> and the cast members I left out was Adam Scott, Tony Collette, and David Koechner. All right. And Todd with the fucking, like, monster. Todd on height. fire tonight. Yeah. Big night. Big night tonight. And myself, five. Steve and Joe each tied. And you know what? Honestly, it feels good. It feels good to have <laughs> yeah. a win. Because I haven't had a win in a while. All right. So the year-end tally is Joe still in the lead with 80. However, Steve and Todd. Tied at 78 apiece. This is any man's man. tight on the wire. It is tight. Oof. I like it. Very nice. Love it. All righty, gentlemen. Are you ready for our main event of the evening? Mm-hmm. All righty. So we have tonight, of course, streaming over on Shudder 2023's It's a Wonderful Knife, directed by Tyler McIntyre, starring Jane Widdup, Joe McHale, and Justin Long. Also, Catherine Isabel in here as well. So, Todd, take us away. Sure. This Christmas, your wishes will come true. And your nightmares, too. All right. So, we get a nice little intro to the town where Justin Long is a mayor slash like a tycoon figure. He controls everything. He's fucking kissing ass. He has a big set of fake teeth that look really weird. He has really bright contact lenses that look really weird. He has an accent that comes in and out. I don't even know what kind of accent it is because it's supposed to be like in the north, right? But it's like kind of southern. I don't even know. We meet a family uh, fathered by Joel McHale. He's got his kids, his uh, daughter and uh, son, and they're, you know, late teens, early 20s, something like that. We go out to a little party and a killer dressed as like an all white angel topper starts off in her friends, right? Um, her and her brother, though, managed to turn the tables and kill the killer, revealing that it's Justin Long. Uh, flash forward a year later and our girl, who what, what was her name again in this movie? Winnie? Does that sound right? I don't know. The main girl, she it, is it like is. it is it 20s. is Winnie. <laughs> All right. Uh, the main girl, she lost her best friend, and it's a year later, and the town has moved on. Uh, her family is like the mayor now, or something like that, and they're excelling. And she, but her, she is kind of filling in the dumps, man. She lost her best friend. The town has moved on. Her family's moved on. They favor the brother heavily. Like they get him a new truck for Christmas, and they get her like a jogging outfit for her to lose weight or something. So she goes out to the town and there's like a Aurora Borealis goofy ass thing going on. And she wishes that she didn't exist or was never born or something like that. And then she gets her wish. No one recognizes her. All their friends are like, who the fuck are you? Her family's like, we don't have a daughter. We have a son and he's dead. So it turns out the killer has been, since um, she never existed, the killer was successful in his night a year ago, and he's just been killing steadily like every month or something since then. So without her intervening a year ago, then like the murderer just goes and does does what he wants. Uh, we learn that the family only has the brother, but he was killed by the murderer. And now we have to figure out how we're going to get Winnie to come back to life or whatever, and then also stop the killer at the same time. So cool concept, in my opinion. Decent kills at times, but overall, man, this was a very rough watch. I'll just say, though, like, Justin Long is an extremely likable person from what we see, you know, in films. Like, I always like him personally, so it's very hard to make him, like, 
unlikable and even in barbarian like he's a piece of shit but he also has charm right in this movie my god like i just ugh. whenever he's on screen it's just slimy and i guess that was the intention but what did you guys think yeah so this was my pick uh i picked it just because it's a brand new christmas horror movie so you know and two i'm 0 for 2 right now i picked well you guys might have liked bloody christmas bloody christmas last year but i wasn't as big on it so this is another one this was just a miss for me overall i think it started okay like i thought the intro was pretty good like with the original killing scene and stuff like that i think they though revealed the killer too soon I think it would have been better had they not revealed it and it was kind of keeping us guessing. I think that might have made it a little more interesting. I liked the design of the killer. I thought it was kind of cool. Kind of had a, and it led to some pretty cool kill scenes and stuff like that with the blood going all over sort of the white costume and stuff. I thought that was cool. But overall, man, I I just wasn't feeling this one. And it I agree with Todd. It, it, it's actually a really like fun and cool concept and it should have been like a fun movie, but I've said this a lot of times on this podcast and it's pick a lane. Um, it's either your slapstick comedy or you're like taking it more serious or blend the two well together. But this movie just tonally is very odd and is kind of all over the place and they, they should have picked one or the other. Just go like full bore sort of horror like comedy with horror elements or just take it a little more on the serious side but they they go back and forth and i just wasn't feeling it i also thought the acting for the most part was terrible like especially like i'm sorry but especially like our lead and bernie like the two of them also like zero chemistry between winnie and bernie and we're supposed and whatever her name i'm sorry the friend i think her name is bernie we're supposed to believe that they're sort of like develop this sort of you know love relationship and i just wasn't feeling it like i never felt the chemistry there so when they do finally like kiss or get together towards the end of this movie like i was not buying it whatsoever i also feel like the the lines were delivered terribly for the most part between the two of them as far as bright spots i think justin long did a pretty solid job as our sort of villain slash killer in this one but once again i feel like we sh i mean there's so many people in this town that there, like like Thanksgiving, there were so many red herrings that they could have introduced, but instead they presented the killer, you know, five minutes into the movie. So it's never keeping us guessing. And it honestly, it just kept it was bored. I was bored a lot of the time. Like I found, like like I was checking my and this movie's not even that long, but I was like, man, is this over yet? Like it was, it felt like a total chore to get through. And it's funny because like I just watched a movie super similar like on my well, watched the other week and that was totally killer. Like a very similar sort of idea. But in my opinion, I didn't even like that movie that much. But I think that it, they executed it better in that than this. Like this should have been with like the Christmas theme and of course playing off It's a Wonderful Life. You know, this should have been a pretty at, at minimum like a decent watch. But just, I think just way too many poor choices were made here that is it's one of my least favorites of the year we've watched, honestly. Yeah, this movie's rough, man. <laughs> like, I, uh, I really wanted to like it. And it started off like decent enough. You know, you had uh, Justin Long as the villain. Uh, even though I didn't like his accent, you know, I, I do like him. So that could have been interesting. And they got three like early kills. 
first they kill the cigarette smoking man from X-Files. Uh, you know, they slit his throat and then you get a guy that gets a candy cane through his throat and then they kill another girl with a white jacket with the blood all over. So they're, they're like, okay, maybe this will be a, one of those slashers that has just a lot of kills and it'll be pretty interesting. But you like almost right away, they show that Justin Long was the killer. He gets killed by like these kind of electrical plugs and everything. And yeah, it's just from there, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? When she moves over to the multiverse or whatever it is, I was like, what? Really? Seriously, do we really need another multiverse story this year? Like, it's been done so much in other films over the last year that I we really don't need this right now. And it was like almost like copying Back to the Future 2 with uh, the way that Justin Long's character is portrayed as. Once he does become mayor of this town, he like runs the town and the town becomes like a total shithole. But he's got a pristine, like nice building in the background with a big W. I think Waters is his last he's name. Fucking, and he's, he's fucking biffed. He's biffed. He's, it's, it, it was fucking Back to the Future too. So I'm like, what, why? What's going on? I was just really confused as to why they were doing this. And it just didn't really get any better from there. And, you know, she goes to her family to try to convince them that, you know, she's the daughter and they're not. But the aunt believes her based off one story that she knew. Like, if someone came to your door and they're like, oh, I'm your son or your daughter, I guess in this case, and they're they're like, they know one thing about you, I'd be like, yep, that's totally plausible that I had a kid I had no idea about from another dimension or whatever it's. There's so many holes in this movie. And the that mom's just... getting banged by some young dude. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a fucking <laughs> weird film. And Joe's right. The relationship, you know, so this is a girl she didn't know. that she, It was just like a quote-unquote weird person that would just hang out at parties that was there. And they never interacted other than like a nod from across the room. But she chooses her to go on this adventure. This adventure is like, what, two days, maybe? I don't think it la- this, like the events of the movie last very long. But you're supposed to like think that they're like completely in love by the end of the film. It makes no sense. There's no fucking way that they fell in love with so little interaction in the span of like these two days. There's just there's a lot of things in this movie. And going back to Justin Long... He's not in it as much as I thought he would be. Like, they set him up to kind of be the big bad in the new world. And I get that he's not the killer, not kind of the twist. But at the same time, I thought he should be in it more. And they also set up, like, his son as being important to the story, which he doesn't really end up being all that important to the story. There's just a lot of things in this movie that they could have fixed and it could have been better. But as it stands, it's rough. Here's one part that i didn't fucking understand at all and that is like justin long has the townspeople at one point like under this fucking spell where they're yeah, all with like the green eyes their, with the green eyes and, like what the fuck is, is the female version when they're all what, like possessed what is happening here <laughs> like is there like some weird supernatural and it's not really explained all that well i forget like how even the people come out of the spell does she kill them right yeah that's right she kills like, them, right so. she kills them so she ends up killing justin long for the second time uh, in this movie, like, obviously, like, it makes sense that he would be the killer, right? Because he's this, like, rich business tycoon. He's trying to force all the small businesses out so he can take over the whole town, which he does in this multiverse that she enters. But the supernatural elements we get, like, when we get into this multiverse, it, it made no sense to me. It wasn't explained at all. I mean, are we to think that, like, in this universe, there is just long has these or... 
is he gaining like supernatural elements from killing so many people? I don't know. Like it made no fucking sense to me. The only other supernatural element you get obviously is the Aurora Borealis, you know, Northern lights uh, thing, which where does this movie take place? Like I, I don't, they said they're too far from Alaska that you shouldn't even see the Northern lights. So like, I don't know where they are either in this movie, but like, I, I don't know, like that whole Justin Long taking people, putting people under a trance thing. It was just like, I, I didn't understand it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Justin Long's the, the killer in the first version, right? Of this movie. And then in the second version, it's Joel McHale, right? So this well, is it's all- it's both of them, right? Or is like he doing the killing just for like I think it's both of them, right? They're kind of working I, together. I don't know, but they have like or... a fucking five inch different, uh, like <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that they don't know that's like is is a weird thing. Yeah. So in the original timeline, her dad is still the killer, right? Or does he become a killer because Justin he- Long? kills his son i think yeah i think that's what it is yeah snap mm-hmm. okay yeah it was just there's too much going on in this movie there's way way there's too ambitious i guess i don't know like i i really don't have anything nice to say like you guys already gave all my thoughts and it was just a mess and uh talk about underutilized what's her face the aunt i forget her name all of a sudden Catherine Isabel. yeah but she like she's great and then but they barely use her in this film which is like a travesty so i don't know man Miss, yeah, missed opportunity. I think completely abandon the Bernie character and have the aunt be sort of the uh, helper. That makes the more sense, right? Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause that makes way more sense. Cause like they have this like really close relationship and she's kind of like the cool aunt and she's a good actress, right? Like we like her in a bunch of other horror stuff, but instead you force the whole Bernie Winnie relationship thing. Like I said, it just, there was just no chemistry between those two characters. It didn't make, it just felt really forced. So I would personally just completely eliminate Bernie as the character. I mean, I understand why they introduced her at some point because she did, we come to find out, Oh, she wanted to commit suicide. So like it, you know, another brings plot back- point that's not needed, not needed, but it makes sense. Right. Cause it, it, if they're playing off, it's a wonderful life. Right. Um, you know, that, that, that's the kind of the whole plot line of that movie. So like, I, I get why they did it and it, you know, it leads to sort of a happy ending, I guess, <laughs> you know, at the end of it. And well, that's another big issue I have with this movie is that when we get to the ending, why does Bernie remember? She shouldn't remember oh, like, it's you know, Christmas at the end of the, it may, it's a Christmas miracle. Okay. So <laughs> Bernie remember. Us. Bernie remembers apparently. Apparently, her and Bernie are the only two people that remember. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like it's just, None it's just whatsoever. like, it's like once again, just a very convenient way to end the movie as like a sort of happy, feel good thing, and it just yeah. comes off like. Yeah, and I, I'm no. still bothered by the fact that why she picked Bernie as like her kind of like sidekick throughout this movie because she goes to the party. I'm gonna use real names for this. So I go to a party. No one remembers me. I'm like. Hey, Joe, do you remember me? No. Todd, do you remember me? No. Sam, do you remember me? No. Okay, you know what? I'm going to hang out with the weird person that I nodded at once, and that's going to be my sidekick in this movie. I'm not going to try to convince my actual friends that I know that, you know, to help me through this. No, I'm going to go to the one person in the room that I had one interaction with one time. It's, it's, it's such a weird fucking choice. Like, I don't know. No, I, I think it's because there's like this message in this movie. <laughs> 
that like was so force fed it's like be yourself like be happy that you're you and you know the girl turns out you know she has um feelings for women so like she becomes herself and then quote unquote weirdo gertie right gertie gertie whatever bernie bernie uh <laughs> bernie bernie like is weird and everyone calls her weirdo even our lead character calls her weirdo and now she's comfortable being weird or different so the message of the story is be yourself and but like they could have achieved that again like i forget which of you two mentioned it so her aunt's a lesbian as well um you know she's dating the girl from influencer which we reviewed on the podcast her brother right so they could have like helped her through those feelings you know without actually having a, a significant other like situation you know they could have somehow made it work but no, and, and we introduce this kind of random girl to do it, and it's just too quick. There's no way that they would fall in love that quickly. I guess mo- in movies, sometimes they do, but I don't know. I just didn't feel it in this one. Well, just from hanging out in the movie theater and taking a nap, that's why they fall in love or something. Yeah. Once again, that's the thing. Like, it's just like they didn't develop the characters enough for you to to make it believable that they were like actually like falling in love, right? It was just, it just too rushed, didn't work. I think just, yeah, they should have just expelled that whole storyline. And I think they'll go with the aunt. I think it would have been a better movie, honestly, for it. But they did not go that route. I mean, what do you guys think of the, the kills overall, though? I mean, there are some decent kills in here. That's probably the highlight of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite being probably the scene out in the snow when it is an off-screen kill. But I fucking loved the, the sight of the white angel kind of covered it the blood splash all over it i think that's probably one of the coolest moments and kills uh in the entire movie i agree and that it yeah i always love when it's like a stark white background and then blood hits it it's it looks really cool but um my favorite kill and this is where the movie still had me where i was like all right cool let's do it is when her best friend gets murdered outside the party and she's just like stabbed fucking repeatedly and then followed around and stabbed i'm like oh cool man we get some brutal shit going on so i really like that kill so my favorite kill is actually the first one when she enters the second like universe and it's just the killer stalking with an axe but it's the fact that they're playing like trans-siberian orchestra music in the background and it just felt like an epic chase even though the kill itself wasn't particularly memorable i like that it was using kind of that orchestral christmas music in the snow as he's chasing her and i i love that feel and i was hoping they would go with more of that because i thought it would be just basically her you know chasing the killer a little bit more into this new world but and that, that's another issue i have with this film the killer always attacked at the most convenient time almost like he would wait outside the window for like the perfect dialogue for him to like break through the window and attack them first i don't even know how the fuck he knew ever where they always were but also he's just like always waiting for that perfect time it just made no sense i really got like and you know some some made for tv movies are fun like you know sci-fi picture original movies friday night special movies sometimes they're good you know this one had a, a bad made for tv vibe like it was it was really like bright and colorful and the music didn't work except for like some of the christmas music christmas music and horror movies always hit so i like i love that but like some of the like the their generic scores like gosh so i just had like unpolished but at the same time too polished if that makes sense vibes throughout the whole movie and i was just like man like nothing's working for this but it was it was a chore man agreed and i think generic is a great 
word for this movie. Like it just, it just felt so generic. Like there's nothing new here. I mean, it, it ripped off obviously freaky, but I had just looking at the poster, it says from the writer of freaky. So it makes a hell of a lot of sense now. But I mean, we, I mean, we've seen this movie now, like Steve said, like so much in the past couple of years because of the success of happy death day and whatnot, that we're getting all of these sort of multiverse movies uh, in the horror genre. But like, I don't know. It's just, this could have been a good movie, right? Like, it's just the script is is rough. And like you said, it's very unpolished, right? Like, I, f- I feel like had this gotten a bigger budget and a better script, you know, and like a theater release, this could have actually been pretty great because I think there is a cool idea there. But as is, like, it's just rough. It's rough around, like, all the edges. Go And can we just talk about, like, the biggest plot? Another big, like, issue I had. Maybe a Todd gripe, but... The broken camera, right? Like she holds onto it for a year. She's just holding onto that broken camera for fucking. That like really fucking bothered me. I'm like, why the fuck? Like, okay, like you like she broke it. I think the night of the killing, or whatever. And then a year later, she's still just fucking holding on to it. Why? First of all, it's a terrible memory, you know. And she's clearly depressed because of it. But she's like keeping it in her bedroom to remember like the fucking horrible moments she had. Like it made no sense. She she loves being sad, and I, I love how Todd gripes are becoming. <laughs> I'm not even saying them anymore. It's just <laughs> like a, that's funny. But um, and that lends to one of my least favorite scenes in the entire movie. A shot I think the director thought was going to look really cool that I fucking couldn't stand. And that is when they're in the movie theater and she's taking photos with the camera and we keep getting like a white flash and you would see like little things here and there. It went on way too fucking long. It would have been cool in like a... 10 15 second scene but it went on for like over a minute and you can't see it's so chaotic it made me fucking dizzy and nauseous i i fucking hated that that scene and we've also seen that scene before you know oh, that too movies. Yeah. you know like saw did it you know i think it's the first saw that did it uh with the, with the flash off, off the camera and it's just it's not an original thought and it just you're right it was so chaotic that you couldn't even see anything anyway so who the fuck cares you know uh yeah it didn't work but my biggest so this is such a small thing but it's just proved i think my biggest issue kind of my biggest issue with this movie is the writing i think joe had mentioned it and the scene that really made me like believe that point and it's such a small thing but to me it's it's really like kind of poor writing is at near the end when justin long is like gonna i think he's doing the tree lighting or something but in the second world someone gives him like a box of cookies as a gift and he immediately just fucking like throws it in the trash. We knew he was bad. We did not need him to do that to prove that he's an asshole. It just felt so forced. I was just like, what are they doing? Like, you don't just need that. Mind, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's just a, a lot of stuff. I, I thought it was poorly written overall. Yeah. If we're going over worse scenes, I think the whole possession, tree lighting your brother the sheriff betraying you because he doesn't want to put up with the killings anymore and protect you he's going to transfer to another sheriff there's so much going on in that scene where like at the at the pivotal moment of the film like we need to have good character versus bad character nothing else and then we had all this side piece going on with like a bunch of questions i still don't even talking about it what i still don't get what the possession thing was like still don't get it so yeah that's the worst scene for me yeah and i once again it just comes down to piss poor writing like you don't like care about any of these characters so like when you do come to find out that the brother died okay i just met him like literally like two and a half minutes ago when he died like he survived but like i don't know who he is i don't care 
So like, we're not, we don't even like care. I mean, I don't, I don't care anyway. Like if she does save go to go back in time to save these people or not, because they, they didn't do a good job developing any of these characters. I mean, I guess like the character you care most about is our main character at points. Cause we kind of spend the most time with her, but even her, I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. I mean, the whole movie just, I was so like, checked out like honestly like it's the first okay i will give like the first 15 minutes i thought like before we get into this multiverse was pretty solid like you know for like a low budget type part because it does feel at the end of the day pretty low budget so i was like okay this is like pretty decent pretty fun so far but man once it just all it starts well but man it just just fucking takes a nosedive after that for me yeah no i agree the beginning was really good and then just then it wasn't i think if you want to commit to this story i think you kind of need to have more after the initial kill that initial night i think you have to show her talking to her brother going through the remorse and missing the best friends we don't know the best friend either to your point with the brother we saw her for a minute or two in a car and that was it so i think you need to uh, show her grief and then even like going as far as like getting help and showing that the family repeatedly repeatedly tells her to get over it we get that a little bit after the year jump but not enough, like you said, to care about our main character, which is a huge problem. If you don't like the kill, uh, the main character or the killer, it's like, man, like who do you even root for in this film? Yeah, one last point I have anyway. It's just like another, just like odd choice. Was there a reason they all had to become fucking like crackheads or whatever? Like when we get to the scene, everyone is just smoking. <laughs> They're crack. strung out. <laughs> just like everyone's like strung out smoking. Literally every single person at the party is fucking smoking crack. Like I'm just like, man, that's really bizarre. I just <laughs> like I, I get it, right? Like the city, like the town is going through it, but like just everyone immediately becomes crackheads because like there's like 27 people dying. It's just just such a bizarre choice. Here's what probably happened. And I think it's still super funny that the mom has a lover that like lives with them and Joe Mikel Mikhail is just fine with it. That's super funny. But you know what? Justin Long, he probably flooded this town with drugs just to keep him under his thumb. That's probably, <laughs> there's probably another layer to this that in addition to all the other layers that he turned everyone to cokeheads. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an explanation. It's basically, <laughs> it's, it's just back to the future too. Somehow the world got so shit by having all that power that they're all on crack in one year. You know, what is least... in that building? Oh, it's you know, uh-huh. he's got his own hot tub uh, inside with girls. <laughs> he's and, got two uh, ladies. <laughs> yeah, he's got a safe in the back in his office. And if a kid get coming ever comes <laughs> yeah. around talking about that book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But that mall is like the ugliest fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like it was a year, right? That would construction project would be like three. No, that's, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like in one year, that whole town like just was in absolute ruins. He built this gigantic complex, and like, oh man, it just makes no sense. One more, one last thing I have to mention because I've talked about this a lot. I feel lately, she literally did a fucking presentation on the wall to explain some events in the movie. She apparently stayed up all night, printed a bunch of fucking articles, put them on the wall with like little pins and little like strings and shit. And explain the plot to us. I was like, God damn, they have a plot presentation once again in this goddamn movie. Oh, I can't anymore. I can't. Yeah, no, I can't either after this one. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it. I'll start us off with our final ratings. 
Yeah, I mean, this one was, yeah, I just did not like this one, man, at all. This is one of the, to me, one of the weakest Christmas horror movies I've seen in a little bit. I just, it was a chore, honestly, for the most part. And, like, even Sam at one point got up and just started, like, doing other shit because even she was bored by it. And she, like, loves everything Christmas. But, yeah, I mean, this at the end of the day, like, to me, it's, like, lifeless. This movie was just kind of lifeless. It's just kind of there massively forgettable i'll probably forget it in a couple weeks honestly it's not something i'll ever watch again like it's not something i would even throw on at christmas time just to get into that christmas vibe there's just so many better christmas horror movies out there yeah one of my least favorite movies we've probably watched this year i'm at a one and a half out of five yeah i'm right there with you i'm teetering between a one and a half and a one but i'll get i'll, I'll keep with the one and a half because i think the plot I, well, not the plot. The premise is pretty clever. Like, I can see this being a good film, maybe in different filmmakers' hands. And I like the opening 15 minutes. But, yeah, it was just not good. And then when I'm looking at my phone 90% of the time, that's a problem, you know? And, uh, yeah, one and a half out of five. Not recommended. I'm actually higher, despite all my issues with it. I was entertained by the fact that it was so weird and such an offbeat plot. And I like some of the kills and some of the music. And I gave it a two. So it's still low, but I had some kind of enjoyment out of it. Um, I'm not going to watch it again, that's for sure. But yeah, it's it was disappointing. I, I I guess higher expectations than what they gave us. Yeah, I think that's one of our worst rated movies in quite a while from what I, I can remember. So yeah, we do not. That's three not recommended for It's a Wonderful Knife. Better Christmas horror coming. It is going to be coming as we are celebrating Christmas horror all month long. Next week, what do we got, gentlemen? We have Dead End, which is a nice little thriller that I am really high on, but I'm really eager to review it because it's been a, it's been a minute. Also, I have a request for you guys. Make sure you watch both of the end credit scenes. There's one kind of in like in traditional spot, and there's one very, 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 very end that's very quick, and you might miss it, so watch both of them. Very cool. So that, uh, yeah, so that'll be next week's review, guys. You can check it out. 2003's Dead End, free on Tubi and Amazon Prime, amongst many other platforms from what I see here. So check that out for next week's review. In the meantime, you can follow us on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads, the Horror Squad podcast. You can also email us anytime, the Horror Squad podcast at gmail.com. But of course, the absolute best way to keep up with the podcast is our discord all you gotta do is send us a dm through our socials or an email and we will get you a link to join the discord completely free amazing community over there tons of stuff going on all the time please join our discord community uh you can also buy merch tpublic.com just search the horror squad podcast we have a lot of fun designs over there you can support the podcast that way but the, probably the best way to support the podcast, just leave us a five-star review on any of your podcast platform apps. Also, thank you to everyone that's been listening. We did get our Spotify little wrap-up thing, and we saw that we're streaming in a bunch of new countries and stuff like that. Shout out to the UK, which was our most streamed place other than uh, America. So shout out to all of our UK listeners and everyone else. So I think that is going to be it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our review of It's a Wonderful Knife, and we'll see you guys next week for Dead End. Bye. Bye. See you.
Angel Falls, I give you Christmas. Woo!